Jesus, it says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Why? Because men will be lovers of themselves, more than lovers of God. These are they that have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. I want to speak to you today on the subject of Christian counseling, and I hope that I can keep your attention through the entire message today. I've got a lot of things I want to say, and I'm going to say that deliberately and slowly because I don't want you to miss anything. Now, um, you will not find Christian counseling anywhere in the Bible. You're not going to find it there. Okay? You don't find it throughout history at all, anywhere. Secular counseling, or what is called psychoanalysis, began in Germany in the 1890s. So it was never even thought of, never practiced, never used by doctors. There was no thing, such thing as a psychiatrist in the 1700s, 1600s. None of that ever until about 1900 with Sigmund Freud and his psychoanalysis. It began in Germany about the 1900s. Then in the 1960s, now follow me now, it was rejected in the church all throughout the 1900s until the 1960s when a Presbyterian by the name of J. Adams, and I've read his books, okay, called or started um, a modern-day Christian counseling movement. He called it Nathetic Counseling, and the idea behind Nathetic Counseling was to Use the Bible to confront men with their sins. Now, that sounds good on the, perp on the surface. And, um, and from that, the Christian counseling movement began. It has taken churches by storm. It makes a person wonder how we ever got along without it before the 1960s. Now, the problem is not... Um, the, 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 that, the problem is that counseling is not in the Bible. There's nothing wrong with the Bible. There's nothing wrong with preaching the Bible. There's nothing wrong with giving advice from the Bible. But counseling has basically destroyed and brought in the carnal church age, brought in the, um, the lukewarm Christian era. You do not need financial counseling. I can, I can fix all your financial problems right now. Right now. I can turn it around right now, a 180 right now. Just don't spend more than you make. And you're good. You're good. Just don't be covetous. Don't be worldly. And you're going to be fine. I can fix your marital problems right now. Just die to self. And you're going to be good. You're going to be good. Okay? Now... The problem is that counseling is not in the Bible. The whole movement seeks a world. Listen to me now. Listen. Listen now. Listen. Everybody get settled in. Everybody, everybody get settled in. Get that door shut for the last time. And, um, and I'm, not, I'm not blaming Brother Lance or anybody else. Again, you've got to understand, I've been praying about this thing like I do all the time. Man, I have worked hard on this message, Okay. I've been up all night long working on this thing, up early. I, I went to bed way later than any. <laughs> so we had that one of the students in our school said the other day, I only got two hours sleep the other night or last night. I said, you mean you got a whole two hours, you know? 
And, uh, but I was just kind of kidding around. But um, this, to me, is extremely important. And uh, I never understood, like, why guys like them. When I would go here, like Jack Hiles and uh, Bob Gray and other preachers, they just didn't want a lot of movement. They didn't want people getting up and moving around because now that I'm a pastor and I have worked hard on this message, uh, I want you to get it. I want you to get it. And we're working on it. As soon as we get all this done over here, ushers won't have to open up that door. Right now, they, there's no choice. they got to do that. We'll do all the counting of the money, and everything's going to be later. We don't want anybody to miss any part of the service. And, you know, this is something else. Everybody understands, any preacher understands, the first lesson you learn in hermeno, uh, homiletics is if you don't get them in the, invita in the uh, in introduction, then you'll never get them. So the introduction is I cannot tell you how important it is. And so I need you to tune in. I need you not to think of the things of the world. I need you to turn off that cell phone. And um, I, I need you to focus on me. Some sermons are easier to listen to, more entertaining than others. I get that. But sometimes the subject is so important, you want to slow it down and just make sure every word is deliberately said because this is such a touchy subject. So far, I don't have anybody. I'm probably, everybody is saying, you've got to be crazy, preacher. I mean, the Bible says his name is Wonderful Counselor. That's what the Bible says. Um, and, uh, but I've studied that. I understand where I'm going here. And I want to share with you what I believe has created lukewarm churches because we have bought into this whole idea of counseling. And we have just repackaged what Sigmund Freud did with psychoanalysis, and now we have called it um, Christian counseling. It's not biblical. We've called it biblical counseling. But biblical counseling, the way it's understood, the way you're understanding it, is not biblical. It's wrong. Now, advice is good, but counseling is wrong. It's destroying the church. It's destroying Christians. It's giving Christians a false sense of security here. Christian counseling, by its very definition, okay, by its very birth in the 1960s with Jay Adams, is a cross between secular psychology and the Bible. It's a mixture between psychology and scripture, and the two don't mix. One was born out of Sigmund Freud Hart, and he himself said, I'm a heartless Jew. I'm a godless, heartless Jew. So it was born out of the whole psychoanalysis system is born out of an atheist's mindset who rejected God and rejected the Bible. And then what happened was the church said, man, this is nonsense. They don't need all that psychobabble. They need the word of God. And the answer to man's problems is Jesus Christ and repentance and getting right with God. And getting saved. If you get saved, that'll take care of 95% of all your problems. Because when you become a child, of, and by the way, it cheapens the gospel. Almost as if, rather, the gospel's not good enough. You've got to have man's help to get you over the chilly Jordan. No, you don't, friend. The gospel has power. It can save a life. Amen. It can save a marriage. It can deliver you from hell and from drugs as well. Christian counseling is a cross between secular and sacred. And the two don't mix. It's, it's, it's corruption of the word. It's poison, as they said in the Old Testament. There's poison in that pot. 
because somebody threw some wild herbs in. Friend, that God does not need the devil's help. The, the church does not need the world's help. And that's where we're at today. We have got to be careful of Christian this and Christian that. I mean, words can be cheap and names are a dime a dozen. Just because somebody says they're a fireman does not mean that they're a fireman. They could have stolen the badge. They could have stolen the hat. They could have, but you've got to be commissioned to be a fireman and commissioned to be a policeman. And just because somebody says they're a Christian does not mean they're saved. And just because somebody says they're a Christian counselor does not mean they're giving wise counsel. And just because somebody says that counseling is biblical does not mean that it is. We've got to go back to the Word of God. You've got to follow me here. Because the devil, he is using, listen to me now, gullible Christians. And this whole Christian counseling movement, now fellas, now listen. It is driven by lady counselors. I'm telling you, you go ahead and Google it right now. You go to Focus on the Family and go there to their approved counselors in this area. And I did it last night. Everyone is a woman. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, women shouldn't. The Bible says women should counsel women. But it also says that the older women in the area of marriage should counsel the younger women to love their husbands. Amen? To be keepers at home. That's what it says. That's what the Bible says. See, we don't want that, and so we want to find a loophole, and off to the Christian counselor we go to give us dope to cope and another way around to circumvent the Word of God. That's why people don't like church today, because they don't like that it's black and white. Christian counseling, by its very definition, is compromised counseling. Follow me now as I go on here. You've got to be careful about the name Christian. Be careful about Christian Day at Bush Stadium. Be careful about Christian radio. Be careful of Christian contemporary music. Be, care be careful of Christian Day at Six Flags. Be careful of Christian cruises. Be careful of Christian dating sites. You would think that they're all born again saints as uh, to the degree of Mary Magdalene and John the Baptist. Nobody should be, able to, should be able to write their own profile on these Christian dating sites. The devil is lying to you when he says that there are other methods to curing mental health other than the Bible. And he'll say there are other ways just as good. If you remember last week I had said that I had heard J. Frank Norris say years ago that there is a movement going around. That was back in the 1930s going around. There's a tape of him saying we are willing to receive truth in whatever form. We need to reject that wholesale because Jesus said I am the truth. Not a truth, but I am the truth. The Bible is the word of God, the truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And Jesus is the word made flesh. You reject the Bible, you reject Christ. You cannot say I believe Jesus, but I reject the Bible because in rejecting the Bible, you reject Jesus. And so we've got to be careful about the world, the devil's way of trying to dilute the truth through what is called Christian counseling. And all he did was use Sigmund Freud um, to establish a secular counseling um, um, you know, helps and then just get um, Christian counselors today to, to springboard off of that into what we have is something 
that was really birthed out of uh, the whole psychoanalysis, which is psycho uh, mumbo jumbo is what it is. Now, and so what is sad is that churches have taken the bait, and I'm telling you now, now listen to what I'm going to say, have taken the bait and teaching people to be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. People want to go to a feel-good church. I mean, Joel Osteen churches are a dime a dozen nowadays. Everything is feel good and your best life now. Brother, we need to hear some sermons on sin and repentance and the wages of sin is death. We're never going to see revival until we confront people with their sin and not in a counseling session. It doesn't say by the foolishness of counseling or by the foolishness of sinking. It says by the foolishness of preaching God chose to save them that believe. Now, so Christian colleges, and I'm, I'm sad to say that even fundamental Baptist colleges have now, they're now offering degrees in Christian counseling. I think that's sad. There was no such thing in the 1700s, 16, Harvard, when it was a Christian college, they never had any of that. Yale, when it was a Christian college, never had any of that. No, nobody ever offered that. What they offered was the book of Genesis. You know, and the book of Exodus. And let's study the word of God. Let's not study psychoanalysis, which is a worldly means. You see, here's, here's the problem. The world has all the problems and Christ has all the answers. But what we have done now is, is pastors are even saying, man, I'm not qualified. Because we've been, we've been told that we're not qualified to help people. You know, we have become so specialized in everything. Now you just can't go to a general practitioner you got a problem, you've got to weave your way through a maze of doctors before you get to the one that's going to cut your ingrown toenail. You know what I'm saying? And it's becoming that way in the house of God. But it doesn't say that God gave the gift of counseling. The Bible doesn't say he gave some counselors and some pastors, evangelists, and bishops, and teachers. It doesn't say that. That's not in the Bible. That whole thing is just an offshoot, a hybrid of Sigmund Freud's rejection of the Bible and says there's got to be another way to help people make people feel happy. It's not about you feeling happy. As a child of God, you're supposed to die to self. Die to sinful, sinful pleasures. That's what it means to be a child of God. Brother, and uh, that's why Jesus said, before you trust me, before you follow me, you better count the cost, dear friend. Are you with me? Now, the Southern Baptist Convention announced several years ago that they were making a quote-unquote wholesale change to emphasize Christian counseling. And another problem is, so what we've done is we've become so intimidated by this, we don't want to preach anymore. We want to counsel from the pulpit, otherwise known as alliterated sermons, otherwise known as speeches and lectures. Brother, what we need is some old-fashioned preaching. That's what we need. And that's going to make the difference right there. Anyway, it's gotten so bad that 39 of the world's largest mission boards require psychological exams and approval before being approved for their mission board. In other words, going to the world to, for the world to say, yeah, you're suited to be a missionary. Unbelievable. 
It is incredible. Follow me now. It is incredible that preachers, and, and this, this is unbelievable. This is just unbelievable. But the churches are the foremost referral source for psychiatry. It's almost impossible to believe. But that pastors are sending people to the world for spiritual help. Unbelievable. It is just unbelievable. Now, I used to fall for all this stuff. And that's why I got Jay Adams' books and Nothetic Counseling. I fell for all that stuff back when I first got here. And, oh, yeah, I need to get, get into all this stuff. Because at college where I came from, they were offering Christian counseling, stuff like that. I said, well, it must be right. As I examine as Christians, I don't care what the Hiles does or anybody else does. I know what the Word of God says. Uh, okay? And I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying that they do what they want to do. But this is what I believe. This is what the Bible says. All right? The Bible, there's nowhere in the Bible is there any of this mixing the world with the church and thinking anything good's going to come out of it. It's not going to come out. It's, you're not going to have revival that way. Okay? J. Vernon McGee said this. If, and this was in the 1960s. Listen to what he said now. If this trend continues, he was talking about nothetic counseling, Christian counseling in the 1970s, okay, when it was a young discipline. He said, if this trend continues, and I'm quoting, Christian psychology will be the destruction of the church. And it absolutely has been. Let me say that the whole idea, now follow me now, the whole idea of mental illness is a farce. It's a farce. The brain can get cancer. The brain can get tumors and things like that, but not the mind. The mind can't do that because that's on a spiritual level. It's a whole different level. So you can't treat it with drugs. You've got to treat it with Jesus. It's outside the realm of man's help. Jesus says, man, I can help you, but the world cannot. A lot of people are going to, like the woman with the issue of blood. By the way, she had an issue of blood. She had an issue with life because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Okay? The Bible talks about blood as an issue. Okay? So somebody had an issue, an issue of blood. In other words, a cut. Okay? And so she had issues with life. What's the scripture say in Acts? The Bible says, the angel said, you go preach all the words pertaining to this life. In other words, everything that you need is between the two covers of what you call the Word of God. Amen. And anything more than that, you don't need the psychologist and you don't need the psychiatrist and all of his studies and all that stuff. I can tell you how those studies are going to turn out because the Bible tells us that men are sinful and sinful men do sinful things. We know that. So the solution is Christ. Now, it's a farce. It's a far the brain is physical. But the mind is not. The mind is a place to house thoughts. And thoughts might be sinful, but they are not germs, and you don't treat them with drugs. They don't affect the brain in the same way that viruses affect your body. It's not the same. Now I want to give you several reasons why counseling is wrong, in addition to what I said in my introduction. Number one, first of all, most if not all Christian counselors, and I say that because some people use the term in a flippant kind of a way, but you're going to look, if you go to the yellow pages, if you'll go to Google and you'll look up Christian counselors, they're all going to say licensed. All of them. What that means is licensed by the state. What that means is the state is anti-Christ. 
That means there is no way that they are going to approve of you telling people that the answer, the hope, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And if you do that, you're going to lose your license. So just the very fact that they are licensed counselors, licensed by the state, makes them unqualified. Now listen to me now. In a message at the Christian Association of Psychological Studies, an organization of Christian psychologists, or at least professed to be Christians, one speaker admitted this in no uncertain terms, and I quote, no acceptable Christian psychology, and I'm quoting, that is markedly different from non-Christian psychology. In other words, he says there's no, there's no difference. And although there are Christians who are psychologists, they basically do the same things as non-Christian psychologists do. That's because their source is the same thing. You get licensing, you're going to have to fall in line with the state. Okay? Now, focus on the family. And I will tell you that there was a day when I used to think that focus on the family was good. And then, my wife and I, this is back in the 1990s, long time ago, I began to, she may remember this or not, to say, I don't know about this. Something just doesn't seem to be right. It doesn't jive with the word of God. Something is not right. I've been brainwashed here. I'm not saying James Dobson is a bad man. I'm saying he's hooked up in a bad system, Christian counseling. And I'm going to tell you, focus on the family, their own webpage. I'm going to read to you what they themselves say. We do take a decidedly integrated approach to psychology and scripture, a type of therapy often known as Christian counseling. And we don't include non-licensed biblical counselors in our counselor, Christian counselors network. So they say that, they won't recommend me. They, they, uh, if you're not licensed by the state, they're, they're not going to recommend you. Now, in all fairness, they say there may be good counselors out there, but we're not going to recommend any of them. Now, you go to a Christian bookstore, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find lots of self-help, self-love books. You're going to find out what's hot and what's not. You're going to find out a multitude of books on Christian psychology. I mean, and books on how to be happy, self-help, self-esteem, self-worth, on and on it goes, ad infinium, ad nauseum. Second, it mocks the power of God. It mocks the power of God. The counselor will tell you that it'll take years of therapy to get the victory. But God will give you the victory right now. You, listen, you're struggling, God will give you the victory right now. Okay? You can be saved right now. Your destiny can change right now. If God can save you from hell, he can save you from the path of this life that you are on. He has given us a book. He has given us the spirit, the power of God. It is not God's fault. It's our fault for not repenting. It's our fault for rejecting the word of God. God said, I've warned you. I've told you that if you do this, this is going to happen. When we ignore what God said and that happens... Rather than getting right with God, we run to the Christian counselor who will compromise the word of God rather than saying you need to go to church and get right with God and repent and make God a priority and seek first the kingdom of God. You're not going to hear any of that. Are you with me? 
What you're going to hear is some kind of a counseling that's going to somehow make the Bible fit into a worldly system. That's what you're going to have. I mean, it just mocks the power of God. You can get right with God today. You can be forgiven today. Some people, for example, let me just give you this. Some people, they have these guilty feelings, and so they go to the counselor. Want to know why? Because they're harboring bitterness. You want to know why? Because of an unforgiving spirit. Jesus said it quite simply. You, what you need to do to get rid of that bitterness, not run down to uh, psychoanalysis, and then lay on a couch and talk to him for an hour, and then you pay him about $200. All you've got to do, all you've got to do is forgive. Because if you will not forgive those who trespass against you, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you when you trespass against him. That's what the Bible says. But we don't want to do that because we want to live a worldly life and a Christian life at the same time. Enter the Christian counselor who is a worldly counselor by default. It's, world, it's, it's a worldly counselor. It is born out of the heart of Sigmund Freud. And all this Christian counseling today, all these movements and all these seminars and everything, it can, we can all thank Sigmund Freud, an atheist who didn't believe God, who rejected the Bible, and said so in no uncertain terms. And all we're doing is just giving him the glory, giving the world the glory, and says, you don't need it. The devil will say, there's another way. There's another way to happiness. Listen, friends, listen to this very carefully. Even if there was another way, no child of God should take it. Are you hearing me? Even if, even if counseling worked, you still should not take it. Because the Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Even, listen, I don't care who it is. Even if you've got somebody that knows a lot about finances and they've got the, they, they've got the inside story on what stocks are going to collapse and which ones aren't, it's even... Still, you should not take their counsel because of a Bible principle. Even if it works, you shouldn't do it. I mean, even if their counsel will get you off of jobs, you still shouldn't do it that way because we should not want to give the devil any glory at all. None of it. None of it. God can't get the glory when you use the devil's methods. It doesn't work that way. Now, spiritual victory is a miracle. It's something that God does for you when you repent when you obey him delight thyself in the Lord and he will give thee the desires of thy heart now I could stop and talk for a few moments but I'm not going to but just to say in passing I want to testify that as I have tried my best to seek first the kingdom of God God has blessed me and God has blessed you as well Amen. And if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, you shouldn't have to worry. And if you'll seek the first the kingdom of God, you should not. Listen, that'll solve your anxiety problems. That'll solve your frustration problems. That'll solve your depression problems. I don't care what the world throws at you. I don't care what the devil throws at you. You don't need drugs to, to you need Jesus. You don't need uh, dope to cope. I'll tell you, friend, you, you, we need the word of God. And we would be a lot better equipped to face the world if we would simply accept what the Bible says. The winds and the waves are going to beat against the house. But if you'll build on a firm foundation, your house will stand. Amen. To the glory of God. Well, 
I would not go to a mechanic that said, you got to come back next week for a checkup and the next week for a checkup and the next week so I can tune it up again and tune it up again. Well, why would you go to a man that says you got to come back every week and pay me $200 a week? And that's a good price. Angie's list says $500. Furthermore, why keep going when you're not getting any better? I mean, Jesus healed the sick and did it instantly. See, I was raised in an age when salvation meant something. I wasn't raised in this whole world where, well, you get saved and, you know, your life doesn't change, brother. You, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things have become new. And I'll tell you what, you really find out who's saved and who's lost when you give them freedom. When that kid turns 15 or 16 years of age and starts challenging your authority, you'll know if they're challenging your authority, they're challenging God's authority. Come on now. It's absolutely right. It's just it's a mockery of the power of God. We would what we want to do is we want to have our cake and eat it too. We want to have our sin and righteousness at the same time. The Bible says you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one, hate the other, despise one, hold to the other. You've got to make a choice. Okay? And Christian counseling is not a choice. Compromise is worldliness, sinfulness. It is wrong. Third, statistics show that counseling does not work. It just does not work. And again, even if it did, it should be avoided like the plague. One in five Americans receive some kind of mental health care. Did you hear that? One in five Americans. Hundred years ago, zero in five Americans received, had mental health issues. Um, and it's not what the suicide rates haven't went down, they've went up 30% since 2000. Almost a third of United States adults now report symptoms of either depression or anxiety. Three times as many people in uh, today as in 2019. And about 1 in 25 Americans has a serious mental illness. I can fix that problem now, right? Real easy. Um, what you need to do is you need to get out of the world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what it says. And quit watching the filth on television and quit watching, listening to the filth on the radio and get your face out of the filthy pornography that you're watching. If you're doing that, watching, I'm telling you something, dear friends. I'm, it's, it, 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 here's, the, here's the problem. So the guy will run to the Christian counselor, and the Christian counselor is going to say, he's going to say well, what's the problem? He's going to say, well, man, my, my wife, she's not satisfying me in bed. What he means is that she is not, live, she is not, she is not acting like a, a, um, you know, a professional porn star in bed. That's what it means. That, that's what that means. Come on now. Come on now. Because you've got a sinful appetite. You want to drag somebody else down that hell hole in what a bed of you, what you would call love. But it is not at all. That's the world. It's indoctrinating us. So the world does it to us. And then it says, come to us for help. And then it will give you dope to cope. Brother, you need to get right with God. But you're not going to hear that at Christian counselor. But anyway, otherwise, if you do, he won't last long. He'll lose his license. And then he'll feel like he's been disqualified. Honestly, I almost went down this road years ago. I almost went down, I was going to be, uh, I was going to, I, in fact, I'd even writ, wrote to or called the Association of um, uh, Christian Counselors, you know, something like that, uh, AACC or something like that. And uh, I said, what, I cannot believe I'm doing this. I cannot believe it. Um, you know, I've got the answers in Christ. And so do you. You've got the same Holy Spirit that that stupid counselor has. If he even has the Holy Spirit. You've got the same Bible. Amen? 
you have just as much access to the throne of grace as anybody else. Now, I used to go to the Kingsway Baptist Church, Pastor Jim Fish. He never did counseling, um, pastoral counseling. He never did any of it. And I said, Preacher, why not? He said, because everybody I ever counseled, they just weren't right with God. And then you tell them that all you need to do is get right with God. And you didn't need me to tell you that because you knew that you weren't right with God. I tried one of those focus on the family numbers. I think I told you this years ago when I first got here. We were having some marital problems. You see, she was all right and I was all wrong. Or was that the other way around? It wasn't anything real serious, but I was led to believe, Brother Bob, well, I'm, I'm proud and that kind of a thing. If I don't go, somebody else. And so we went three or four times. I mean, it cost us, and we got financial help and all that. It cost us $75, $80. Boy, back in those days, I was only making $200 a week here. That was it. That, that was it. And so up there in Fenton, we would go. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, you know what I found out? So I, I went to focus on the family and went to one of those numbers. And I said, well, if I can improve my marriage, I'll just go ahead and do it. I can make her happier. Let's go ahead and do it. Rather than finding out that the answer is in the Word of God, I went down to one of these numbers. And you know what I found out? I knew just as much as he did. I didn't need him to tell me that I wasn't right with God. I just listened to myself, listened to the Spirit of God. You know? And all I remember him doing is looking at the clock. It's like, he don't know what to say. He don't know what to do. He's as lost as I am. I wasn't lost. I knew exactly where I was. Backslidden. I knew it. And, uh, and so anyway, uh, so I asked him one time, I think so, I said, where do you go to church at? He went to that big Presbyterian church, Twin Oaks, in Baldwin. I said, whoa, 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 you're a Calvinist. You're a Calvinist. That's all I need right there. I am what I am. There's nothing I can do to change it. It's predestined. It's written in the stars. I've had enough of you. And then I went home, Brother Bob, and I said, you know, I'm just going to die to self. Just going to die to self. That's all I did. That's all I did. And uh, rather than praying that God would make her a better wife, I said, God, make me a better husband. Now, he's still working on me. Just ask her, and she'll tell you. But I, I, I'm just simply saying, you know, this whole thing of growth and grace, brother, there is such a thing as growth, growth and grace. And one problem is we get too hard on ourselves. We get too hard on ourselves. You know, you're not as godly as you think you are. And you've got a breaking point. Amen? Rather than run to a counselor, what you need to do is fall on your knees and just, just, just get the grace of God and beg for the mercy of God. Get up, get right with God, and just don't do it again. Confess your sins, the Bible says. And he will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's all you need to do. And when you confess, what you're doing is you're submitting to the authority of God that he is right, the word is right, you had sinned, and you're not going to do it again by the, by the help of God. That's all you've got to do. I know I gave you this story before. I'll just give it to you again. So I got this old black and white television about this big, you know, kind of thing, and there I am watching Happy Days. I mean, we first got married, living in our first apartment. And my wife looked at me, she said, I can't believe you would watch that kind of stuff. Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and all that stuff. And really, I, I was backslidden. You know, I was just kind of thinking, well, you know, what's the big deal, you know? And uh, so if it was a big deal to her, it should have been a big deal to me. Me. And then one day, I just decided, you know what? There's something between me and her, and it's that stupid television. I, the, 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 our relationship is more important than the television. The television's got to go. Pull the thing out from the plug. Grabbed it and carried it downstairs and threw it in the dumpster. 
went back up there with a bad attitude and said, so, see, there you go. What do you think now? And the Lord said, well, you still ain't right with God, kind of like Jonah kind of a thing. You know what I mean? I mean, he's having a pity party. And then he's happy because, you know, a good day came and the vines grew and covered Jonah's head. And then the next day, God says, well, you want to be like that? If your attitude's going to change from one mood to another mood, I'll just change your mood for you. I'm going to bring your sin to light. And then the next day, it all dried up. A worm came. Remember that? And then God says, it's good. You go ahead and get it out. You know? Um, but that's kind of the way I felt. But you know what? I, I tell you what. Listen. The best thing for your marriage is quit bellyaching to God about her or him and thank God for her or him. Amen. Amen. You say, well, she ain't perfect. Well, you ain't either. You ain't either. Let me get off of that. Counseling creates the very problems that it seeks to solve by encouraging self-love. It absolutely does. I mean, everything is reinterpreted. Uh, the cross is reinterpreted to somehow generate self-love. You see how much God loves you? And Jesus died for you, you know? Um, and that's, that's true. But that has got to be tempered with that, what the scriptures say. In the last days, men are going to be lovers of themselves. And churches to now today is everything about self-love, you know, self-centeredness. And when you go down that road, you know what you're creating? A self-hell is what you're creating. And you know it, and I do too. And you don't have to pay somebody a whole lot of money to tell you that. It's getting right with God. That's what they did in 1980, uh, excuse me, before the 1960s. Preachers would just get up and say, you're just, a, you're just an ornery man, you know, and preach against his sins and then preach against her sins the next week and then preach against the rebellion of teenagers the next week and things like that. But now you can't do any of that because every, in, in this secular psycho, psychological Christian counseling world, everybody's a winner. Everybody gets a trophy. Everything's got to be positive. You can't say anything negative. But God said, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. That's what the scriptures say. Anyway, self-love causes people to be covetous, you know, proud, boasters, blasphemers, and the list goes on. While the Bible teaches that we should die to self. Paul said, I die daily. Every day you've got to die to self. Every day, what's the Bible say? Preferring one another. And if somebody else gets the place on the varsity team, you, if, you're not, if, you're, if you're not happy that they did, you're not right with God. Come on now, don't make me punch the devil now. Are you with me? If you wanted a promotion to somebody else, you ought to be glad. Prefer the other person. In fact, you ought to just say, you ought to just say it. You know? Um, you, you know? Uh, Probably the other person can do it better. I remember about two years ago, I was thinking about, but you know, when I was telling you I was going to retire, and by the way, we're having celebration Sunday night, cake and ice cream. Somebody bring the cake, somebody bring the ice cream. I'm officially old now, brother. I got my first Social Security check. Now, it ain't much, but I'll tell you what, now I'm old, though. Now I can get my 10% discount coffee place. I got the gray hair to prove it, got back gates to prove it, and the whole nine yards. Yeah, amen. Amen. But anyway, and so I decided I was going to, well, maybe I'll just stay, and then I was going to become a, I was thinking about becoming a clerk. 
In fact, one of the sergeants said, why don't you try out for this job? You'd think you'd like it. It was a conceal and carry um, uh, weapons clerk. And, uh, and so actually, I went down. I've actually, I applied for two different jobs. One was a pretrial release uh, clerk. And uh, so I just, I just told the sheriff, I am perfectly satisfied where I'm at. And this might, I might be driving the nail in my coffin, but I am perfectly satisfied to be where I'm at now. I'm just wondering if this is God's will for my life. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But I'm not trying to push myself up the ladder. If God wants me to have it, then he'll give it to me. But I'll tell you what, there's, I don't have, and I told, I told the judge, I said, I have no trial experience at all. I have no education in jurisprudence, none of that, none of it. I said, but I, I'm a preacher, and I like to follow that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people that are better, would certainly be better qualified than me. But if you want somebody that just will give you his all and will work hard and will never, never not show up. You hear what I said? Never not show up, ever. I'm even struggling right now, Brother Pete. Monday is December 25th. It took me months to just write to the lieutenant and tell him I wasn't going to work on Monday. I have never, ever missed a day. Ever. Since I've been there. That's gone on six years. Okay. Oh, excuse me. One time. One time. I was throwing up about two hours before. I, I forgot about that. I don't want to lie. But they also said when they hired us, you never have to work on holidays. But I just feel like, man, they're, they're just, I need to be there. That's my responsibility. And that's how every child of God ought to feel the same exact way. You know, anyone. <laughs> that was a weak brother, but I appreciate it. Uh, other than that, they ain't getting none of Nobody. Boy, you know what? Because I'm telling you, if you weren't with me on that, that's because you're self-centered. It's all about you. Your kids, your day off, you know. Um, what about, well, the Lord will work it out is what I'm trying to say. It's not about you. It's about serving the Lord. Are you with me? Okay. Um, anyway, if this whole business really worked, then why do 81%, hear what I said? 81% of therapists, counselors, all, the whole bit, okay? Why do they also have mental disorders? And if you, if you don't, if you go because you've got to go for work or whatever to be cleared for, you know, by the, the, the company psychiatrist, and you, and you say, I'm good, man. Man, my mind is pure and all that stuff. You say, well, then, then you know what? You've got the, 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 the disorder of denial. You're in denial, you know? That's because they want to control people. And the Bible says in the last days, how are they going to do it? With drugs, sorcery. Sorcery is drug use okay it's what it is okay in fact that's why they call therapists wounded healers but you know what the bible calls them people that are blind guides leading the blind that's what the bible says and why go to a guy who is not an open book and why go to a man whose marriage is no better than yours but he'll never tell you and why go to a man whose kids are struggling just like your kids are and won't tell you and why would, you, why would you allow your wife to go to a man about her marriage rather than to an older woman, as the Bible says? As I said, about 30 years ago, we wasted our time and money on one of those numbers. Forget it. And from that time until this, I've been against it. You say, well, this is the first time I'm here. That's the first time you're listening to me because I've been preaching on this quite often over the years. 
Oh, I remember him doing it. I said this, and I, and I got to thinking this. Well, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're an assistant pastor at Twin Oaks Presbyterian Church. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me think about this. So if I were a member of your church, you would give me these services that you're giving me for free? Is that, is that, is that one here? You know? And, of course, I didn't challenge him on that, but I was thinking that, and that was the last time I went. You don't need a counselor to tell, to tell you to trust God, to delight yourself in the law of the Lord, to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, and to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. You don't need a counselor to tell you that your God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You don't need a counselor to tell you that you need to be content with such things as you have. Amen. And so many other things that we all know. The great danger of Christian psychology is focusing on feelings. Self-esteem, self-love. Robert Schuller, the Crystal Cathedral, many of you probably don't even remember, but out west, this is what he said. The most serious sin is the one that causes me to think that I am unworthy. You've got to be kidding me. The Bible says you can't even be saved until you realize that you're not even worthy to be saved. Prodigal son said, I am not worthy. John the Baptist said, I am not worthy to unloose his shoes. The centurion said, I'm not even worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Christian counseling, now listen very carefully to this. Christian counseling breeds a type of codependence. That's a fact. Where the counselee feels the need to continue meeting with the counselor. That ought to tell you something's not right right there. You're not going for help. You're going for the counselor rather than the help that the counselor gives. That's a fact. In fact, psychology today says, get this now, this is, their, this is what they say. 70% of therapists have felt sexually attracted to the client that they are counseling. 70%. 25% admit, I mean, this is, they say, 25% admit to fantasizing about having a romantic relationship with the one that they are counseling. Other studies, not from there, but other studies suggest that 12% engage in sexual intimacies in the office. The Wisconsin Department of Safety and Professional Services says over the last 10 years, last 10 years, this is just in Wisconsin, there have been lodged 1,667 complaints against counselors that have made sexual advances. You want to know where all these pastors, you want to know where they go south? You want to know where the love affairs start? You want to know where they start? In the pastor's office when he's counseling. That's where they start right there. We well, no business doing any of that stuff. None. The Bible says the older women are supposed to counsel the younger women or give the younger women, or the Bible says teach the younger women how to be younger women. That's what it says, but we don't want to do that. A recent edition of Consumer Affairs answers this question in their Q&A section in their magazine. The question is, is it normal to feel attracted to a therapist? The answer, yes. It is normal to feel attracted to someone who is attentive, kind, and caring to you. This is a, and I'm continuing, this is a common reaction towards someone who is helping you. So they're basically saying, that you are setting yourselves up for a compromised situation. When the Bible says you are supposed to pray, Lord, lead me not to temptation, and then you're walking right into temptation. 
unbelievable. And Christians, well, we just throw, out, throw the whole Bible out, what all God says, because of this right here. Counseling, as we understand it, now I'm wrapping it up now. Counseling, as we understand it, listen, is not in the Bible. Is not in the Bible. Now, the Bible is, but the Bible teaches that counseling is not in the Bible as we understand it. But in every case, counseling was one piece of advice. That was it. Counseling was never ongoing, never ongoing sessions to help people to cope. There is no gift of counseling. There is no call to be a counselor. There is no counseling ministry in the Bible. Jesus did not have a counseling ministry. The apostles were not called to counsel. They were called to preach. There is none of that. The, the, the prophets, none of that. Abraham was not, none of it was. They gave advice and answered questions, but they did not get involved into the nitty-gritty details and arguments between husbands and wives and brothers and sisters and that kind of a thing for any length of time. Jesus did not psychoanalyze people. He did not dive into their past. He did not prescribe prescriptions. He did not meet with them hours on end. He did not do such things as um, uh, therapists do. He did not do that. The Bible does not teach any of that at all. He certainly didn't get a license from the state of Rome that hated Jesus and was trying to kill him. The Bible counseling is not giving someone a ride, but it's pointing out the way. And if they won't hear it, that's why discipleship programs, they're not biblical either, okay, as it's understood today. Now, years ago, went to Bible Baptist, Bible Baptist Brother, Brother DeBose went off to some preacher's conference. They said, yeah, this, you know, the discipleship program. What you do is you lead them to Christ one week, and then you take another notebook, and you teach them about baptism next week, and then the next week, and next week, and then after about 10 weeks, you invite them to church. That's a bunch of nonsense, man. Uh, you, get, you, you don't learn about baptism to be baptized. You get, and by the way, I'm just going to say it because the Lord, I'm just going to tell you. The whole idea of waiting until somebody comes back so they can see them get baptized, that person ain't right with God. It's a command. It's not a ritual. It's not a ritual. But I'll still baptize somebody. But I'm telling you, all you're doing is, just all you're doing is teaching your kids delayed obedience. And delayed obedience is just going to be longer delays and longer delays as the years go by. And then when that kid, because, because that kid felt the need to, to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, and you didn't do it immediately, right away, and get it taken care of right away, when, that, when you tell that kid to make his bed, you know what's going to be two weeks later? After a headache. And it's all, it, it's all the parent's fault for teaching delayed reaction or de uh, delayed obedience. That's the problem right there. Anyway, we don't want to hear any of that, do we? The, the most important thing about coming to church is that you need to hear what you will not tell yourself, what your spouse will not tell you, and what the counselor will not tell you. And I'm going to tell you why that is, the difference. Because God gave me this to give to you. And the Holy Spirit will apply it to your life. Okay? But the counselor is a whole other level. The counselors, well, let's go ahead and just dive into it. You know? And the next thing you know, it's dialogue. You know, an hour goes by. And you've just done, what, what you've done is di dissected the dialogue, you know, rather than you should have just, just killed the thing with death, you know, and uh, put the past behind you. I can't do that. I've got to go back and relive my past and bring out all this old stuff. Listen, brother, then, then you need to meet Christ. You need to meet Christ. 
Because I believe, and you ought to believe as well, that the power of God can wash away all of your sins, the stain, the guilt, the whole kit caboodle. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Now, let me just go ahead and say something that applies more directly to me in relationship to you or any pastor. It is true that Jesus did meet with people on an individual basis and did give what we would call some counsel, but not as it is understood today. For example, he did meet with Lazarus, and shared, but he shared the gospel. And he met with the woman at the well, and he gave the woman living water. So advice is good, but counseling as it is understood today is bad. Counseling, by its very definition, says, okay, you do all the talking. But if you'll notice, when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, you got a red, leather, red little Bible, you'll notice how little the, um, Lazarus says and how much Jesus says. Okay, so it was one question and then an explanation. And never coming back with and coming back with and coming back with. All that is, well, my situation is different. That, that's what it comes down to. No, it ain't. There's no temptation taking you or me, but such as was common demand. Mm-hmm. So advice is good. Advice is good, you know. Counseling is bad. What did Jesus say to the woman at the well? He said, if you asked me, I'd give you living water and I'd solve all your problems. You know, you'd never thirst again, right? Doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges. But that's another thing. Furthermore, Jesus, now listen to this, and I'm going to have to close. Jesus never acted as a mediator to settle carnal disagreements within a family. Now that has been the case with me over the years, time and time and time again with many different people, okay? But I'm just tell you, I never do it because Jesus never did it. He did not act as a mediator. I'm going to give you a verse, Luke chapter 12, verse number 13. And one of the company, the Bible says, I mean, one that followed Jesus, one of the disciples, one of the good guys, one guy that not just came Sunday morning, but came Sunday night. He said, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. He is not being fair. You go tell her, you go tell him to divide it equally. And Jesus said, I am not getting involved in that nonsense. The very fact that those things would occupy your mind shows that your heart is not with me. Amen. Yeah. In Jesus' way of thinking, you ought to be glad that he has it. And he said unto him, in no uncertain terms, man, who made me a ruler and a judge over you? And walked away. Another time, two sisters belly aching together. So you have Mary and Martha. And Martha's busy serving, encumbered about with much things. And Mary sits at Jesus' feet. Mary, Martha comes in, in the presence of Mary, and says, Will you tell her for me to get right with God? Will you tell her for me to help me with the supper? And Jesus said, I'm not going to say one word to her, but I am going to talk to you. She has chosen a better thing, and it's not going to be taken from her. 
And another place. So here's another situation. So Jesus is saying, Peter, here's going to be your ministry. Okay? You're going to be used of me for several years. And then guess what? You're going to be arrested and falsely accused. And you're going to suffer for me. You're going to be crucified for me. And Peter didn't like that because he was backslidden. I don't think I would like it either. And so Peter said, he saw John walking right by, and he says, well, what, a, what about him? And Jesus says, if I will, Peter, look at me, Peter, look at me in the eyes. If I will, until he live every day with pleasure and live every day in good health until I return, that is none of your business. That's what he said. He never got involved in marital problems. He never got involved. None of that stuff. I'm just telling you. Because I don't need to do any marital counseling. I can fix your marriage. You got marital problems? I can fix them right now. All you got to do, if it's you, just come right down here. You get right with God. You too. You ain't married to each other. But your anxiety problems... You got anxiety problem? I can fix them right now. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests made known unto the Lord. That'll fix it right there. Here's another good verse. Consider the sparrows. Amen. They don't even think about their next meal, and your heavenly Father takes care of them. He'll take care of you. And if he's not taking care of you, it's because he is not your heavenly father. It's as simple as that. Bottom line, I've got to stop. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, our time is gone, but I have so much more I'd like to say. We'll say the rest maybe at another time. Please, Heavenly Father, help us to see that the Lord does not need the devil's help to make people feel happy and feel accepted and to make the right life choices. We don't need the world. We don't need any compromise. I'm, I'm telling you, all of that is unbiblical. Advice, yes. Now let me just say this, and I know the time is late, but here's, here's, here's what we do. Here's what we do. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. So they, the, the people that Jesus, he answered their questions, are those that had a question. Now, follow me now. So here's what I'm saying. So, when somebody will come in and says, well, my marriage is a mess. Uh, you're not willing to deal with what the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. If you cannot articulate a problem and formulate it in a question, you ain't going to get no answer. Yeah. 